0: Harvest family, we are continuing in our study of Mark, starting off in chapter two. We're going to be looking at chapter two, verses one through 17 this week. And the big idea that I have for this week is this. Jesus has the authority to forgive sin, but we have to agree with him that we need forgiveness Now again, if you haven't read this passage yet, please pause the video, read through it a couple of times, and familiarize yourself with it, and then come back to the video. So the first section, I'm not gonna read it all, but it's a story that you've probably heard a lot of times. Jesus comes back to the town of Capernaum. And of course, there's so many crowds because of all the amazing things that he's been doing in, in terms of healing people and casting out demons. We saw last week that he has this incredible authority to command uh, a sickness and it obeys, to command demons and it obeys. But of course, unfortunately, he also commands people and we don't always obey. He's given us the freedom to choose to follow him or not because again, he's on a recruitment mission. His, his uh, kingdom is invading the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom, the God of this world, and he is recruiting people to come to himself. And you remember how do you how do you join his kingdom? How do you come apart? He told us in the early part of chapter one to repent and to believe the gospel of God, and so he continues on with this next section, and the main thing we're seeing here is that Jesus also has the authority to forgive sin. You've heard this story if you grew up in in church, probably especially if you were a kid in Sunday school. He's teaching at this house. All the people are so crowded into this tiny little home, that, uh, and there's these four friends who are carrying a paralytic, their, their buddy who can't walk. They try to bring him to Jesus to get healed. They can't get into the house. So they go up on top of the roof. They remove the pieces that are on, on the roof, and they lower him down. And then, and then Jesus says to them, to this man, the very first thing he says to him is, Son, your sins are forgiven. And it says that there were scribes, uh, the uh, religious leaders that were sitting there, and they're thinking like, how does this guy do that? They ask an important question. Only God can forgive sin. Isn't he the only one that can do that? And then Jesus says this, really powerful in verse 8. It says, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven. Or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Super important there. Jesus saying, okay, so I can prove that I have the authority to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Now, just think about that. How significant it is, is it, that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins? You know, I I think that is a significant, significant deal if, if we understand and fully realize how bad a shape we are in because of our sin, because of the fact that we are guilty. You know, the Bible makes it so clear that every single one of us is a sinner, that every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible makes it very, very clear that the wages of sin is death. In other words, what you earn, like, you know, you work for your business or you work for a company or whatever, What you earn with sin is the death penalty. That's the payment that's required for sin. Every single one of us is facing that judgment when we're on our own. So to know that Jesus has the authority to say, Son, your sins are forgiven is massive. So please, please, Uh, dwell on that important truth and let that sink in. And then the next section of this passage really hits on this, okay, so what does that look like? How do I get that forgiveness? And what kind of person can get forgiveness? Because, you know, Jesus is going along the sea. Uh, The whole crowd is coming with him. And in verse 14, it says, he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said, follow me. And he rose and followed him. This is Jesus now recruiting Levi, just like he did with the other four in chapter 1, a new disciple. He just said, follow me. Levi got up and followed Jesus. He left the tax booth. Now keep in mind that a tax collector, a Jewish tax collector, in other words, his job is to collect money from the people, his people, to send to Rome. The, the, the government that was ruling uh, their land. They were not free. They could not rule themselves. They had a foreign dictator that was ruling them. And here we've got Levi who has betrayed his family, betrayed his community, betrayed uh, the peop- his people, the nation of Israel, in order to work for this invading company, uh, uh, country. People look down on him big time. And Jesus went to his house. And and once again, the scribes, the Pharisees looked at Jesus and said, why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? They had a concept of sin, but they categorized certain people. These people are sinners, and these people, including myself are not sinners. And, and it's, it's essentially a cultural way of saying these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. And, and just as an aside, it doesn't take much time to read the newspaper, to go to Facebook, to look online and say that, man, this is where our culture is right now. We are all putting people into boxes of good people and bad people. I like this person or that group of people, but I don't like that group of people. These people are our future and our hope. These people are our enemy. All those kinds of ideas of basically saying, these people are good and these people are bad. So they're calling somebody. It's like saying, hey, these are the sinners. Why is Jesus eating with those people? I want to highlight uh, what Jesus says in verse 17. This is so... Profound. And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. There is so much in this. First, I just want to highlight that Jesus says again why he came. His purpose in being in this house in this place you know, by the sea of galilee right here in this moment his purpose for coming to earth was to not to call the righteous but to call sinners and he uses an analogy of being like a physician Brothers and sisters, if you aren't sick, you don't go to a doctor. If you don't believe you're sick, you don't go to a doctor. If you have some kind of ailment and you go to the doctor and he prescribes something that you disagree with, you don't like or you don't think that's your problem, you don't follow their advice. In other words, you have to agree with the physician you're seeing and their assessment for you to go along with the cure that they have offered to you. And Jesus is saying, look, I came for sinners and if you don't see yourself as a sinner, then I've got nothing for you. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. But if I can't admit and agree with Him that I am a sinner, then there is no hope for me from Jesus. He has nothing to offer me. Jesus has the authority to forgive sin but we have to agree with him that we need forgiveness.